This desk is a mess. Move that back there. And attempt to, you know, say something about the world at hand. Sup kids, so as you can probably tell from the deep, sullen tones of my bunged up voice, I have a cold again, third time this year, which I can't decide if is, is, is telling me that my immune system is low or I've been living my life incorrectly for the last three months, but I have a cold again, which means I'm nicely bunged up, I sound like I'm trying to push treacle through the back of my nose. And overall, I am pretty low energy. But of course it's me, so I'll just carry on. Because, you know, I'm a glutton for punishment. But, I've been trying to write recently. Um, oh, God, I, <laughs> my voice is, yeah, I'm sorry, just, I'm trying to keep it, I don't know, is that, which comes in the back of your voice when you get cold? And I can't, it just sounds like I'm putting on a voice. Like, I'm trying to do that, but I'm not. It sounds like I'm trying to, to make a nasally, maybe a little aristocratic type thing, but no. No, you can be rest assured that this is just me trying to not sneeze into the microphone. Uh, I think that's, a, that's a, a fair representation of what I'm trying to do. But, oh, I've already lost the train of thought. This is going terribly. This, I'm, I'm, I'm two minutes in, and I've already lost my train of thought. Maybe this will just be a ramble. This will be a pure ramble podcast today. I found, recently I found out that quite a few people um, watch these solo podcasts, which I didn't know. When I get the, uh, when I get the data back about my audience retention, (laughs) my solo podcasts are always lower views, which I kind of expect, because when you bring a guest on, you expect them to kind of maybe show a couple of people, so you get a few of their people who, who want to watch it, and that's... That's how marketing works, isn't it? You you know, the more people you have on your show, the more people see your show. But that's that's just a simple thing. Oh dear, sorry. Sorry for sniffs. Um and that's yeah, that's that's a straightforward play of marketing. So the ones where it's just me, obviously I, I only share them. And a lot of the time, as we've discussed in previous podcasts, I don't share them. Because I'm terrible at advertising my own work and it's a little vulnerable for me to just be just be me sitting down discussing something and a lot of time I don't know uh, yeah I, ne- I never I never think about what how far we're going with it. and it's and it's hard to be in a way it's hard to be honest but as I say I found my train of thought I've been trying to write recently so if you remember from a previous podcast I had a man named uh, Richard Daniels come on my show who runs a evening in Lincoln called Crash Course in Brain Surgery which is part of his uh, small print publish called uh, Plastic Brain Press they're very good. Uh, the evenings are great. They're sp- basically they're a spoken word night, and people go perform their things. But it's got it's, as as Richard described it, some cheap theatrics thrown in. But it's entertaining. It's an entertaining night, and it's a good night out. I don't get to get to many of them because uh, I have to book the night off work. But I did. I've been to one, and the more I discussed it with him and other people, they suggested that I should read something. Now. I have no problem getting in front of a crowd. 
talking to a large group of people, directing a large group of people. I've done filmmaking, I've done photography, I've photographed weddings, large groups of people. You're directing, photographing, trying to move around. So that that doesn't bother me. I can get up and make a speech, no problem. That is that is done. I have a subject I can make a speech on. But when it comes to poetry and spoken word, apparently I, I just have a mental block. I, I mean, I had respect for poets and, and people who can get up and perform anyway. But in the last two weeks or so, I've, I've <laughs> my respect has just grown exponentially because for the one of the first times I'm finding frustration with creation and I I am hating it. It's, and I'm going to carry on with it. I'm going to try and do something because it's just, yeah, it's something which I, I, I hate not having something creative, which I can't even do a little bit. Um, so I'm, I'm trying to write these things and I'm trying to write uh, spoken word and, 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 and poems Bear in mind as well, I don't know anything about poetry. I'm not a poet. I'm not a writer. He says, knowing that he's going to have to plug a book. Oh, sorry, there's cables on behind me. You can just hear it. Can you hear that? Yeah, that's a rumble. Um, yeah, knowing that I've got to plug a book, which I'd like you guys to buy during the summer. But I'm not a writer. There's something interesting when I had uh, my interview recently with uh, Melody Clark and Sarah Hughes, where we were discussing the vulnerability of performance, and that again is something quite hard for me to do. And it, and it's, I think it's it, we were discussing that it's quite a male thing of having vulnerable male performance. I know personally I do it. I I know a lot of honest, more open men as well, though. So it's it's kind of hard for me to see that at times. But the more I think about it, the more it's true that I, I, I'm very vulnerable in visual things. So in my Facebook memories today, there is an image. I will, uh, I'll, I'll put a link in the description if you, if you're curious. Uh, but there's an image which is called "Don't Catch Me," and it is the uh, an image of a person falling through the sky, and there's a there's a hand trying to grasp at them, but they're just letting themselves fall. And that image I created about a year ago. Uh, was it a year ago? Maybe just over a year ago. Um, but I created it, and it was a really personal piece for me. And I had I had no qualms about putting it up and displaying it and saying, "Look at this! This is something which I'm going through. It is a reaction to events within my life." And I had no issue with that because it was just a piece, and everyone would look at the piece, and they would say. You know, here's the concept, and there's a concept behind this image and the illustration, and I have no problem with that. And the same with films and scripts and short stories. That's incredibly easy, to be honest in, because they're not looking at you, they're looking at the work you've created. And that really, that's really been playing in my head recently, of how, how to be honest within work. Because I'm very good at maintaining this... Uh, <laughs> so to speak, and these these podcasts are, are a little a little break in in my everyday. I'm I'm quite a calm person. I'm, I'm quite a, a direct person, and I like to be honest with people because life's easier if you are, um, and and that can lead to si- situations where you have to upset someone, and and that's that's not something I enjoy doing. But I'd rather be honest with someone and and 
both of us to be happier because of honesty than just lie. Um, but where was I going with this? I'm completely correct. But yeah, so you you kind of you're left in this little limbo of of where where you can put your honesty. So when I came to write poetry and performance work, there was something incredibly hard about it because not only am I writing something which is is trying to be sincere because I wouldn't want to write something insincere there's a part of me which goes I'm going to have to perform this I'm going to have a room of people who are looking at me knowing that everything I'm saying is in some way a reaction to my sorry I am completely distracted okay so brief interlude to my honest confessions there is a couple walking down the street outside my house and the young lady was wearing glasses and all of a sudden the lens in her glass just jumped out onto the ground either that or there was a bug which just jumped inside of her glasses and she has just launched her glasses across the street and now I'm wondering whether they were real glasses or whether she was wearing them as a fashion statement. But they're both looking for something on the floor. I'm very confused. This is a strange situation. Oh, no, they're tracking back. I get the feeling there was a bug inside her glasses because she's doing a lot of shaking as though she's trying to get something off her. The man... Is, oh no, he's looking around on the floor as well. They've lost something else. They've found something. They've picked something up. He has two cans of Carlsberg in his hand. She's not. She's removed the glasses completely. I don't know what's going on. I'm completely lost. Back to the point. See, this even that. I'm 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 great at distraction. I I can I can distract you like any nobody's business. But what this did get me thinking about is. There's a lot of things, like, I really enjoy spoken words. Spoken words one of my, my favourite things. Um, and that comes from being quite young and experiencing rap music. And my my enjoyment of that has continued into my adult life. Uh, I went to see my friend Jack in uh, Edinburgh, and we went to French Festival, and we went to see a spoken word performance from Sage Francis and B. Dolan. Um, and it was fantastic, and they are two of my favourite artists and I love their work. I, I like there's something about Sage Francis's work which really, really gets inside of me. Like he's just like bunkered down. I'm biting the pillow. It's it's full on. Yeah. There's nothing you can do to defend against that kind of intimacy with a song which you weren't expecting. So I got thinking about that and how and how why I like that stuff. And then my my initial introduction to rap was Eminem. And I feel like that was a lot of people's initial introduction to rap, especially a lot of people from my culture. Um, a lot of people I know, they were young white males who were in school. And you heard Eminem, and all, all of a sudden you were like, what, what is this? I can't, I can't even comprehend this. He's, he's being extremely funny. And it wasn't... And a lot of, I think a lot of people, especially adults at the time, um, bear in mind this was 20 years or so ago, um... <laughs> They they focused on the vulgarity of it all, and and, and the swearing and, and the violent imagery, and yeah, a lot, a lot of kids did 
pick it up because of that because that's cool you know it's cool to be violent and swear that's that's you know and smoke because we're led by very easily influenced influences at the same time the first album of his i heard was the marshall mothers lp and that album is incredibly honest the entire album is just about how bad his life is and how he's struggling with everything and how the only release he's found is through making music and the life he's had and it was incredible to see that kind of honesty and it's because it's presented with a sincerity as well if you listen to a ballad and you listen to a love song there's a lot of a lot of things within it which seem insincere because they're based around music they're based around making something which sounds pleasant whereas with rap it kind of came out and just it it skipped all that it skipped everything which said yeah you're gonna have to have a melody here you're gonna have to you're gonna have a bridge and a chorus instead it just plopped in and said this is what we do this is this is what we do and how we make music and it's not particularly about making music it's about the words it's about the things which are being said it's about the lyrical content and there's a huge amount of honesty in that and i think a lot of people really responded to that i've really picked up some energy here and i think that's why even now i mean an artist like eminem for me is a kind of a love-hate thing because i do have an extreme nostalgia and i really enjoy his music but he's part of an industry which uses, you know, um, homosexual as a kind of like a punching bag. And so I listen to less of it now, but I can't help but really connect with some of the tracks which have already, have already been. And they are making changes to try and combat it. But at the same time, I have artists like Sage Francis and B. Dolan who don't, who, who just completely get around of it. I was watching a video um, recently on YouTube because that's where you watch videos. I don't know. Everyone says I recently watched this on YouTube, and you're thinking, well, where else would you have watched it? You know, we want what? Like, YouTube is the video hosting platform. That's the the history of of, of what's going on. Um, who who? I mean, I'm just quickly searching for this video right now. Uh, apologies. With a brief interview. Okay. So there's a YouTube channel called Hip Hop DX um, with a rapper who I, can't, I really can't remember his name. Oh dear. Either way, the video is called Does Gay Rap Have a Right to Exist? And so there's people within the rap industry who are really broaching the subject, and I think that's fantastic. And and a lot of artists like that, I really I, I gravitate towards because again, it's honesty. It's 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 indicative of of looking at a problem and saying, you know, this is this is the situation. I mean, there's got videos as well called Does Hip Hop Have a Right to Exist? And you know why hip hop hates Will Smith. And is emo rap a thing? <laughs> there's, there's a conversation going on. But that's why I think people like rap. And I think that's why people really respond to to artists like Eminem who through their career have tried to be quite honest about their views. Even though you don't agree with a lot of their views or some of their views, they're, they're very honest about it. They're very, very straightforward with it. So when I was approaching spoken word and when I was approaching poetry... Obviously, there's part of me which wants to be a rapper. And I know, you look at me and you don't think rapper. You look at me and you think, I haven't got any change. Why is this man standing near me? 
And that's fine. And I don't want to try and create something which is rap because I, I don't. I'm very aware that I'm not a rapper. So, so again, there's another barrier which I've already put in my way and said, yeah, you know what, this is going to be a challenge. This is going to be something which I might not be able to do particularly well. Fully expecting to be booed off stage for the uh, the first poem which I read. Um, but yeah, it's. I think finding a space where you can be honest within your work is quite difficult. And I have, you know, as I say, newfound respect for for people who do it through poetry and, and performance because you're putting yourself as that target. I, I never had a problem doing that with my work, but then all my work is third party. That's that's the only way I can think to describe it is. Everything I create is, is, is created as an object. It's created as a target for someone else to look at. And I will take any reaction and I will take any any interaction you want to discuss about that work because you're, you're not discussing me. You're discussing the work. Whether Even if you are attacking me, you're doing it as a reaction to the work. I didn't do anything. There's, there's part of me which is a bit of a troll and I can't help it. And I think that's true of art. We'll, we'll, we'll sidetrack again. I think it's true of art that... Every artist is a little bit of a troll, and I don't mean like an internet troll who's doing it for mean-spirited reasons. I mean someone who tries to get a rise out of somebody. I mean where you're sitting there and you're thinking, you know what, this this work needs to be reaction. It needs to be it needs to be someone coming along and saying, hey, think about this. And then if you if you made a good piece of work, someone will think about this. They will it will either secure, divert, or maybe just you know wobble their view of the world for a brief second and that that's a lot of what art is and that's what a lot of what I try and put into art and that's you know that's that's the basis of art and that's the basis of trolling the basis of trolling is to take someone who is in a very comfortable situation and wobble that situation and just go ooh ooh you're standing on a chair well if I just come along and wobble that chair you'll think is it alright if I'm standing on this chair is it, is it okay if I'm if I'm if I'm if I'm doing this? And, and that's fine. And it might be okay if you be doing this, but you need someone every so often just to wobble the chair. I don't know if that makes sense. I found um, I'm, I'm qu- <laughs> I've been making a lot of a lot of random metaphors the, today. Um, I think it's the cold. I think my brain is falling away like damp clay. And, and and gradually, I'm I'm pulling metaphors from from anywhere. Um, but I feel I realize some of you may be curious um, of what I'm writing about, which again it, it poses another problem. I'm I was having a discussion with a friend recently, uh, a couple of friends actually, about. Things being too obvious within work. I discussed it. I recently uh, interviewed uh, Jam Baker, who is a poet, and her podcast will be up next week if you are interested in that. And it was with her and then a, a couple of friends, Chloe Chuck, who's a great poet again, and Charlotte Greenley, uh, once again. I just know these fantastic poets, and I just sit at the back and watch these fantastic poets and think, God damn, I can't write poetry. Because they just blow blow me away, um, and it was it was about this discussion that a lot of what I do, I try to subvert what I would think is obvious, and 
jumping I, I worry that work is obvious like you know, that's why I put a lot of <laughs> a lot of time and effort into concept to make it non obvious there's there's things which I throw into work just because I've looked at a piece of work of mine and said you know what this is all too obvious anyone could anyone could think of this anyone could do this no no that's not particularly true um I vividly remember having a conversation um with a good friend of mine in a cinema where we watched we were watching a car trailer you know the the, the usual over dramatic car trailer um uh, with some sort of grayscale driving through a cinematic landscape somewhere in San Diego and we got on about amputees and prosthetic limbs and I suggested that in the future car manufacturers will make will make prosthetic limbs and she looked at me and couldn't decide how I'd come to that conclusion and I, I thought it was obvious I, I couldn't see how someone couldn't jump to that conclusion because car manufacturers are massive manufacturing plants with a ability to make high, skilled, very specific parts. They're also able to do things to a very minute level of detail and put together intricate mechanisms quite easily. So it only makes sense that eventually they start manufacturing parts for people who are missing limbs. And I jumped to that. I, I didn't even think about it. I just... That was that was obvious. It was an obvious linkage. I was watching this film as a car manufacturer's amputees. Yeah, that's... It's a, it's just a morbid circle of life. You're in a car accident. You lose a leg. The car manufacturer creates you a new leg. That's... You know, and I thought that was obvious. <laughs> and my friend just said... You know, sometimes forget how your brain works. And I thought that was a huge compliment. But the problem with that is because I see that and I think this is really obvious. I've come to this conclusion very quickly. Everyone will see that. And therefore, when they look at my work, my work isn't worth anything because I'm saying something which anybody could see. And I like my work to say something which people don't necessarily see, but it will just shake up their world a little bit. So when it came to writing spoken word, I know, I'm coming back around to this subject. I couldn't really find a subject of what I wanted to discuss. I couldn't just define anything I wanted to say to an audience because to me, everything's obvious. I've already lived my life. I've already been through whatever I've been through. So I've already discussed it in work and only by making it something visual do I make it a little abstract because visuals take a little bit of inter interpretation. Spoken word doesn't take a much interpretation because you just, you're saying, you, you, you're talking and then, ah, oh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of past that thought because I had another chat with a um, Charlotte who who suggested that I do something more abstract and it might help me avoid what I felt was ob obviousness within my own work. Uh, I don't think I should ever make spoken word work. And I should put to bed my dreams of wanting to be a, a rapper. Because that's just not going to happen. But I wonder if other people have these issues. And I wonder if people have an affinity for, for music, which is a bit more honest. And I, I think, I think you know, we need more artists who are honest. And just willing to take on subjects which they feel are, are important. But who knows? You never know. Within a week or so, I, a couple of weeks or so, I might uh, be posting a video of me performing spoken word. And you can all see how terrible that is.
Thanks for listening. I want to go get a lem sip and try and clear this cold up, and I will talk to you guys later. Bye. <laughs>